Welcome to the College Football Bros. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. So we are recording this episode on Friday, December 17th, a little bit in advance. So if there's some big news we haven't got to, that is the the reason why. But uh, let's talk about the things that we know have happened. Uh, the last coaching vacancy, at least for now, has been filled. Temple hired Texas associate head coach and running backs coach Stan Drayton to be their next head coach to replace Rod Carey. Any thoughts on this one? Yeah. Not, not too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been a position coach for practically his whole career in running backs. And he's been at some successful places in the past, Ohio State and whatnot. But, I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, he's known as a good recruiter, so maybe he can kind of get, get some players and keep some players in the Northeast area. But uh, Temple is not exactly the most desirable place, so I, maybe it's worth a shot here. Yeah, it's a tough place to win, but the lot, there's been a string of coaches that have done well enough. And with his recruiting ability, you know, like he just helped land B. John Robinson – Obviously, he's not going to guy of, get a guy of that caliber, but hey, you, know. you never know. Jackson State just got a guy. Fair point. <laughs> yeah, and he's an alum uh, of Temple, so it makes sense from that standpoint. And you're right. I mean, Temple had been a Power 5 head coach factory for a while there, so maybe he can yeah, get that going true. again. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's talk about the transfer portal. Dylan Gabriel, the former UCF quarterback, is headed to UCLA. What do you think about that pickup for Chip Kelly? I mean, he's he had a prolific start to his UCF days, and uh, you know, assuming he comes back healthy from injury, should be solid. It, the the interesting thing for me to see is that Chip Kelly may be going against kind of a true dual threat option. I mean, and UCLA their their quarterback room would be pretty stacked, assuming no one leaves. Like they had they'll have Ethan Garbers, DTR technically could come back. We'll we'll see what happens, and then seems like he'd leave. I agree. Um, they got a four star in this recent class, so the quarterback room is is pretty full at the moment. We'll see what how it shakes out. Yeah, exactly. You would think this signals that because DTR hasn't said what he's doing, but this has got a signal that he's probably leaving. Going, you would think. I would. I would think. Next transfer we have here: LSU quarterback Max Johnson is transferring to Texas A and M. Uh, his little brother, of course. Uh, highly recruited tight end just signed there in their recruiting class so kind of a package deal there how big of a deal is is max johnson for for jimbo i i think it's a relatively big deal i mean he could obviously come in and just start from day one and could lead them for the next couple of years but at minimum he gives them a nice baseline um he has great experience at lsu and did pretty well i mean didn't necessarily have the the best team around him but he still managed to put up some good stats and had some some key wins and some key games um so yeah i think it's pretty pretty big deal yeah and as we saw AM they were very inconsistent at with their quarterback play this year so it'll be nice for them to have a quarterback that can help stretch defenses and then their quarterback room, though, is another one to be uh, one to follow just because they just signed Connor Wiegman. He was the number 19 overall prospect this year, one of the top quarterbacks. So that'll be interesting to follow there. Yep. And then this sort of led to Max Johnson leaving has led to Miles Brennan uh, is stating that he's going to come out of the portal and, and remain at LSU. So that at least right now looks like the favorite for to be Brian Kelly's quarterback. Got his job back. 
He might have. Which is good because he lost it because of injury, and even though he was playing well, you know, like. That's true. Um, okay, final piece of news. Of course, by the time you listen to this episode, you've probably heard about it a million times, so we won't spend too much time on it. But the number one recruit in the country, cornerback Travis mm. Hunter, signed with Deion Sanders and Jackson State instead of Florida State. What did you guys take from that? That's insane. I mean, I've never never seen anything like that. Going to Jackson State, I mean, this is this is way off the radar. Dion is prime time as prime time, man. I don't know what what the reasoning is. I I kind of would like to hear what you know. Maybe he'll give some interviews and give us a, a scoop on it. Maybe it's nil. I mean, so he far get. he has said, you know, just wanting to kind of blaze his own trail and and make it right. a, a big thing to go to an HBCU. This is big for that. But yeah, a lot of people have speculated that maybe an <laughs> nil deal is coming. Yeah, yeah, that'll help. Yeah. We know Dion's affiliation with a certain company, but, uh, but yeah, like if you're, no, oh gosh, you guys No, to be fair, like he's a corner, like why not go learn from one of the best all time corners? Like because people, people are saying, Oh, why would you go there? You're, you're not going to see the competition that you would maybe see that to get to the NFL, but like. Hey, why not just learn from literally the one of the best D, DBs of all time? Yeah, and and this is uh, obviously it's a big deal just in general for for Jackson State and HBCUs. But to me, I'm most intrigued by it for what it means for Dion because he mm-hmm. already they went 11 and one this year. We had this we're recording this before the Celebration Bowl. They had uh, an amazing year, and and he when he took them over, they were not good. Um, and now obviously it's paying dividends in recruiting he's been he's been successful in the transfer portal so i i feel like as soon as next year he's going to get power five job offers if if things continue this way and oh yeah and even just kind of wildly speculating forward i would be very nervous if i were mike norvell i would not want to have a bad year this year because oh my goodness they the 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 fans will be calling for dion Uh uh-huh anyway that'll be something fun to follow but uh, let's get to our bowl previews. Part two, we um, covered the first 15 bowl games in part one, so you can check that out on our feed. But first one we have here is what, Trey? Christmas Eve, a lovely tradition we always have, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Memphis is favored seven against Hawaii, and I'm going to take Memphis. Um, Hawaii's quarterback and running back, so Cordero and Dede Hunter, they've transferred away. And Memphis, I, I will say, I know Memphis's best receiver declared for the draft, Calvin Austin, um, so that's not ideal. But but there's some murmurs of unrest between the players and Coach Todd Graham at Hawaii. Uh, and Hawaii, in the matchup alone, has they have one of the worst pass defenses. So I could see Seth Hennigan lighting it up, and I'm going to take the Tigers in Hawaii. Yeah, we talked about the fact that Temple was the uh, last job opening to to be filled. Todd Graham, yeah, with the stories coming out of there, he is he's not safe at Hawaii. He might be like done, done, you know. After this, it's that's not Possible. good. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Christmas Day. Uh, we have uh, the Tax Act Camellia Bowl. Um, Georgia State is favored four and a half uh, against Ball State. Um, you got Darren Granger. Um, he's had a good, pretty, pretty good year, uh, quarterback for Georgia state after kind of replacing a guy that we thought was going to do well, quad Brown, uh, who's actually going to transfer now. Um, the kid had 16 touchdowns, four picks. He's a dual threat, ran for over 500 yards. So pretty, did pretty good and kind of being thrown in there. Um, on the other side, you got Drew Plitt, 
uh, at the quarterback position for Ball State. He didn't really finish the year strong. His last four games, he didn't reach 200 yards in any of those games. Um, and his QB rating was way down this year compared to last year. So they're not really coming in here firing all cylinders. So I'm going to take Georgia State. They've won six out of their last seven games, including a win against Coastal Carolina. So they're, they're coming in with some confidence. Okay, moving on to Monday, December 27th, the Quick Lane Bowl. It's Western Michigan against Nevada. And this line opened up Nevada minus six and a half, which was a mistake. It has since swung to Western Michigan minus six, which is you almost never <laughs> see a swing that That's a long massive out. swing. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. Part of it is, of course, because Nevada quarterback Carson Strong is going pro and skipping the game, though. That was not difficult to predict. Uh, same with their star tight end, Cole Turner. They've also had a slew of of good transfers on both sides of the ball, most of them following yeah. Jay Norvell to Colorado State. So just a, a program completely in flux. I know the point spread reflects that, and it's moved, of course, but still, I, I like Western Michigan. Caleb Ellaby, really good quarterback. Sky Moore was the highest-graded receiver in the country per pro football focus. He was great um, for the Broncos, and... You know, with Nevada's receiving core depleted, no Carson Strong, I, I just don't see them keeping up. So I'm going to make Western Michigan my lock. Ooh. All right. All right. The Military Bowl, also on Monday the 27th, is presented by Periton. And you got Boston College minus three versus East Carolina. And it's actually the first bowl game for East Carolina since 2014, which is kind of surprising to me. But uh, I'm going to take the points with with them and the Pirates. Uh, BC, they're they're better, but they were very inconsistent this year, particularly on offense. I know uh, Dracovic battled back from injury, but in their final game, he was 3 of 11 for 19 yards and two picks against a very weak, weak Wake Forest defense. So I think Holton Aylers, uh, he has his work cut out against a, a good BC secondary. But since I really just can't bank on Boston College running away on offense, I'm going to take the points. All right. Let's move on to Tuesday, December 28th. We got the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Uh, we got Houston against Auburn. Auburn's favorite a couple and a half right now. Uh, Michael, what do you think about this game? Well, Auburn did not end the season very well. Four straight losses. And, of course, the last one, they played well. Uh, you know, the defense yeah. did at least against Alabama. But, they, they blew it in the end. And so Brian Harson is definitely feeling some heat already. He fired offensive coordinator Mike Bobo. Of course, Bo Nix got hurt and is, is transferring away. Um, so TJ Finley, again, will get the start here. I'm going to take Houston because I think Finley could struggle here. Houston has a really good pass rush. Auburn is going to be without their, their starting right tackle who opted out. And, and Houston's great in coverage, too. Second in the nation in passing success rate allowed. So I think Clayton Toon, who's had a good year, is going to going to outduel Finley, especially with Auburn's top corner. Roger McCreary's out. Um, they've got a linebacker opted out as well. So they're not quite 100% on that defense. That's, yeah, very true. When you lose a first-team All-American McCreary, that's not ideal going up against Toon. And Anyone Nathan named Roger, Nathaniel. you know, is a great oh, athlete. A, a clear winner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A pure, superior athlete. Um, but yeah, Toon to, Toon to Dell, that connection could be good for, for Holgerson and I, I see this as – I even saw that for Auburn, Demetrius Davis has been getting some reps at quarterback, the, the freshman. They might be using him just obviously because mm -hmm. Finley might not be 100% from the ankle. So that's just a lot of uh, opt-outs to deal with, injuries along that offensive line against, you know, what you, like you were talking about, Houston has a pretty decent defense. So I think Holgerson can lead the Cougs into the offseason with some momentum and, 
and get what their twelfth win. Yeah, yeah, they went eleven yeah. and two. That's crazy. Yeah, they won eleven in a row after the uh, their first loss. That's right, they bookend losses. Yep, yep. Um, all right, I am going to take um, uh, um, Houston in this one as well. Uh, just for all the reasons you guys said, no need to beat it any more further. I like Houston. Okay, Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Uh, it's Air Force against Louisville. Louisville is favored one, and I love Malik Cunningham. Louisville's quarterback. I've I've been a fan. Um, I know he's kind of has. I feel like the the Louisville fan base has kind of a love hate with him. Um, he'll have a bad game here and there, but I felt like his legs kind of carried the offense at times this year. He had 19 rushing touchdowns. He actually finished uh, sixth in the nation in QBR. So felt like he was very valuable. Is very valuable. Um, I think these teams are, are pretty evenly matched, but as we record this, uh, Air Force's quarterback, Zeke Daniels, is questionable. He missed their last game against UNLV, and so Air Force just decided not to pass. They had zero pass attempts. Zero. That was their first game all season that they did that. It worked out against UNLV, but I feel like maybe they'll miss him uh, you know, against a little bit tougher opponent, Louisville, and just his his legs because he was their second leading rusher, too. So I will, uh, I'll go with the Cardinals. Yeah, if Louisville wins, like, Cunningham probably coming back next year, he right? He said he's like, coming back. They could get, so they could like get some off-season pub. I mean, not you know, decent pub. Maybe. The fans want uh, – they want um, I know. Satterfield gone. They do not like him. Yeah. Well, they feel yeah. kind of double-crossed. All right. We got the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Mississippi State favored eight and a half against Texas Tech. Leach's, Leach's old boys. Yeah. Ryan, what do you yeah. see here? Well, Leach is still trying to collect his money from from Texas Tech, so <laughs> maybe maybe he wants to serve them a little, a big L uh, in this one. Uh, I, I do like his his squad though in, in this game. Uh, Will Rogers had a great finish to the year: seventeen touchdowns to just one pick in his last five games. Averaged nearly four hundred yards during that span, over seventy percent of his passes. So, I mean, he was executing that you know Leach offense to a T. Um, you know, and Tech. They either keep it really close or they just get annihilated. It's never like in the middle, and I feel like this game's more likely to be an annihilation than than be super super close. So, um, give me uh, Mississippi State uh, minus the points. Yeah, I, I like Mississippi State as well uh, with Texas Tech's of course transition uh, on the coaching staff and just the fact that maybe like Leach is is not going to give up any opportunity to put up points so like the motivation factor to win by margin will be there for leach at the end if he's you know guy he's he's first and goal maybe he could just kneel and run the clock out maybe he wants to put up those points yep it's an odd situation too with Sonny cumbie he's the interim but he's also going to be he's a louisiana Tech coach so he's battling double duty the last few weeks and um texas tech's pass defense is not good so i i can see will rogers lighten him up i like mississippi state as well all right, let's move on to the San Diego County Credit Union presented by the College Football Bros Holiday Bowl. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, you know, yeah, you know, Trey and Michael live there, so. Yep. All right, right, we got UCLA. Yeah, UCLA versus NC State. Uh, NC State's minus one. Trey, who do you like? This one's also, it's at Petco Park, the the baseball stadium. So yeah. that'll be interesting. But uh, I know NC State has to go cross country here, but I'm going to take the Wolfpack. They have that the better defense. It's led by Drake Thomas, one of, and they have one of the better defenses in the ACC. And they're they're kind of flying high. They had that huge comeback win against rival North Carolina. And for UCLA, like 
they should be playing. You would think they'd be playing with some urgency because Chip Kelly, they, they started well this year, but it just didn't kind of take off as they, they wanted. I mean, um, so they need some momentum going into what would be another pivotal, pivotal year for him. So I'm going to take Devin Leary's 35 touchdowns that he had this year and say they get their 10th win. Yeah, I'm with you. I like NC State. I think it's a good matchup for them. UCLA is a uh, pretty heavy rushing team, and NC State was number one in the ACC uh, in rushing success rate allowed. So I think that plays into their hands. I'm going the other way. I'm taking UCLA here. They've they've been playing better the last few weeks. They won three in a row. DTR has been, you know, he, he had some moments in the middle of the year where he was kind of not playing all that well, but he's been playing great uh, to finish the year. It is a tough one to predict, but you know, my former high school player plays for the UCLA Bruins, so I'm going to lean with UCLA. There you go. There you go. Guaranteed rate bowl, West Virginia versus Minnesota. Gophers are favored three and a half, Ryan. Yes, Gophers favored three and a half, and West Virginia will be without their leading rusher, Letty Brown, who opted out. Um, so, they're, you know, that's a significant loss. Yeah. Um, you know, he was the focal point, really, of that offense. And uh, they're also down another they're kind of a receiver, not a top receiver, but he was also their 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 punt returner, Isaiah uh, Easdale. So, you know, he's transferring out. But, you know, that adds up. Um, you know, the, both these teams have won two in a row, but West Virginia last time out, they they barely beat Kansas, which is like a loss. Um, <laughs> Minnesota controlled Wisconsin. Um, so I think Minnesota matches up pretty well here. You know, they've been without their kind of top back for a little while. They've, they've gotten used to it. And, you know, both QBs kind of, a little disappointing years, uh, especially uh, t- uh, Tanner Morgan. His stats were oof, but hey, they got to eight wins. That's all that matters, and I think they're going to win this one. So I'm going to give the points with the Gophers. I am too. I like Minnesota because Daigie on the other side, he had a very up and down year, and now he's facing a, a stout Minnesota defense. They only give up 185 yards a game through the air, um, and like you said, they just Minnesota just beat one of the hottest teams out there in wisconsin for the axe so they have some confidence i'm gonna take the big 10 gophers yeah we all agree um only three teams in the country ran the ball on a higher percentage of plays than minnesota can you name those three teams air force (laughs) navy army yep air force navy and army (laughs) the academy (laughs) only three teams to run more than them uh so and west virginia has had a lot of players enter the transfer portal which has kind of been weird under neil browns that's that's continued to be the case so you know, maybe maybe with uh, without as much depth, they'll get a little bit worn down here uh, against the run. Yeah. Sure. All right. Moving on to Wednesday, December 29th, we've got the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. SMU against Virginia. Virginia is favored to Michael lead us off. So this should be a shootout. Uh, two offenses that play at a fast pace and score a lot of points. Uh, both schools are dealing with transitions to new coaching staffs, but I'll give the edge to to Virginia there because Bronco Mendenhall is actually staying on to coach the game, so they've they've got that continuity there. Um, and you know, I, I like the fact that by far the weakest aspect of SMU's defense is their pass defense, and that's all that Virginia has done this year with <laughs> Brennan Armstrong at quarterback. Very heavy pass team, so I think they'll have some success there. And SMU uh, going to be without their their top two receivers opting out, so go Wahoos. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. I'm I'm kind of leaning the same way. But Virginia's got some of their own kind of concerns about maybe some guys in the transfer portal, maybe some of, and some of them are starters, uh, particularly along the offensive line. But honestly, they're not sure. At least I haven't seen yet if 
they still might even play in this game, even though they had their name in the portal. I don't know. It's weird. But uh, like you said, though, I just don't think SMU is going to be able to to slow down Brandon Armstrong in that pass offense. I know SMU, like even without their top two receivers, I think they're still going to be able to move the ball and score quite a few points on a pretty weak Virginia defense, but they just won't be able to keep up. So give me Virginia. Yeah, I think they want to win one for Bronco. I would have maybe would have gone with SMU, but they have to travel to the chilly Northeast without Dykes and like we said, the top receiver. So I think Armstrong will carve them up. Yep. All right. Moving on to the new era pinstripe bowl. Uh, we got a pick 'em game here, guys. We got Maryland against Virginia Tech. Trey, what do you think in this close matchup? I'm going to take the Hokies. Uh, their interim coach, J.C. Price, he got the team ready for their rival Virginia, and they they got the win. And Raheem Blackshear, he's been running really well as of late, just shredded Virginia for 169 yards. Maryland, you know, Loxley was able to get them to a bowl game in his third season, but they've lost six of eight, and they only mustered offense against Indiana and Rutgers in those games. Hokies, they also have the better, much better defense, so I'm going to lean on the Hokies. So I like uh, Virginia Tech to win, but I like Maryland to cover in this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. no I, I disagree. I'm going the other way from you, Trey. I'm going to take Maryland. Um, Virginia Tech has five starters opting out to focus on the draft. One more starter in the portal. So uh, they're not going to be 100% here. And just, I don't know, I guess from a motivation standpoint, just I, I, I favor the Terps. They've, I could see Tua, or not Tua, <laughs> Talia having yeah. a big game. T. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'll take Maryland. I agree. I think Virginia Tech just seems like, you know, with all those guys out, what do they have to play for? I mean, it just seems like such a disappointing season. And, you know, I, I don't like the transition for them. Maryland, on the other hand, it, on the up and up, you know, I'm putting air quotes on here. They barely made a bowl game, but it is on the up and up. They're still trying to improve that program. Seems like this is kind of a big game for them to at least like, hey, let's keep the momentum going. Let's finish with a winning record. Propel us into a good, was it third year for Michael Oxley next year, I think, right? So something like that. fourth, I think. Oh, fourth. Okay. Well, anyways. Oh, um, <laughs> didn't say anything. You had to correct yourself. I, I corrected for Trey. Well, now I'm going to get at you because. I don't, dude, I don't. I, I like Eddie who it's just funny. I just acknowledge how many times you said it. I'm going to get I, at I've you because been... anyways is improper. It's anyway. Oh, no, we're good. Okay. I'm just not going to talk anymore. <laughs> then, guys. Uh, anywho. All right. So you guys like Maryland. <laughs> oh, anywho. Cheese yep, it bowl coming up. Clemson against Iowa State. Iowa State's favored one and a half. What a matchup the Cheese it bowl is getting. We did not expect this at the beginning of yes. the year. It's not a Michigan State. What was that game again? Cal. Well, no, no. Well, no. That was no? TCU Cal, and Cal. TCU. Oh, yeah. TCU, Cal. That's right. My bad. Sorry, Sparty. Sorry. No, it wasn't you. Um, but, uh, Ryan, yeah, what do you think here? Uh, yeah. Uh, this is, uh, looking forward to this game. Iowa State, they're going to be down a couple receivers uh, in this one. Skates and Milton. Um, and a couple of key defenders as well. Um, for Clemson, there's Justin Ross isn't going to be playing. Uh, Joseph Ngata is a maybe right now. Uh, and EJ Williams seems like he will be able to get to go. All those guys were receivers for them. So some questions on the receiving core for both these teams. Um, we may have more opt-outs before then, but after, as of now, it's what we got. Um, having said that, um, I'm going to take Clemson here. Um, they've won five in a row, um, and they've scored at least 30 points in all those games, including dominating performances against Wake, you know, good team, and South Carolina, bowl team. Um, and Iowa State's lost a couple out of three. Um, I just really think Clemson's front on their defensive line is going to give the, the Cyclones a tough time and just not, not feeling, don't think, uh, Rock Purdy can really have a ton of success against a really good Clemson defense. Actually, sorry, I kinda, I'm going to make, I'm going to make Clemson my luck. All right. 
I see the game similar to you, Ryan. I'm I'm taking Clemson. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is they've been to six straight playoffs, so this will be just I want to gauge their their interest level, but. Uh, and without some of their, their, obviously, their offensive and defensive coordinator. I feel like this whole year has kind of been there, like, adjusting to that. You know what I mean? Like, after their couple early losses, like, okay, season's over. But, you know, they figure it out. Okay, we still got to play hard, you know? Yep. I mean, because I, I do love, like, Purdy and Brees Hall and Will McDonald on DU City's coming back next year. Yeah. But I just think uh, Clemson has a little bit too much, especially on defense. Uh, I think they'll be able to slow down Iowa State. Okay, I'm going the other way. I like Iowa State. I thought they played, you know, maybe even slightly better than Clemson this year. The the metrics bear that out. They just had, you know, some bad luck in close games. Um, but I like their continuity with the staff. Of course, Clemson just lost their offensive and defensive coordinator. So, yeah, Cyclones true. were somehow able to hold on to Matt Campbell unless, uh, you know, unless yeah. Todd Graham gets fired and he goes to Hawaii. Yeah, and he goes to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> All right. Last one we're going to cover here is the Valero Alamo Bowl. We got Oregon against Oklahoma. Oklahoma is favored four and a half. Michael, take it away. So it seems like Caleb Williams will not be transferring. seems like he's going to stay at Oklahoma. That's not official as we record this, but I'm going to assume he plays. But OU has four of their best defenders opting out of this game, three of them on the defensive line, some studs up there, um, plus a linebacker. And Oregon's top receiver is opting out plus cave on Thibodeau and one of their top corners. So, and a tackle. Oh, and a tackle as well. Okay. So yeah, overall I would say advantage Oregon there just because of like the cluster loss on that Oklahoma D line is, is yeah, huge to me. Um, I, I think that's going to allow Travis die to have a big game on the ground. Um, maybe Anthony Brown won't be under much pressure because all the best pass rushers for Oklahoma are out. All, all Oklahoma are out did i i don't know i said it weird but i will <laughs> we got you it's, we got you it sounded You're weird good. coming out of my mouth so i wanted to repeat it <laughs> but uh i'll say that oregon uh keeps it close i agree i'm taking oregon um and one of the main reasons is because they're not playing utah so <laughs> it, you know yeah two de- two demolishing losses against them but that's not them it's just oh you this is a different team they can play against this these guys but a tough team like utah no yeah i'm taking uh, the ducks quack quack all right, I'm going to go the other way, guys. It, it, I agree. It's a very tough game just because of so many moving parts. But the Ducks, they're, they're beat up on both sides. They're disappointed. They lost their coach. They just got hammered to Utah. And I think the Sooners are going to rally for Bob Stoops. Like He's a coach that they might want to just kind of win for. And, the, and Bob Stoops is going to have them like, he wants to win this really bad. Yeah. So I'm And I'm not the biggest Anthony Brown fan. So I think mm, Caleb Williams, think obviously, are, if he does play. <laughs> That's that's fair. So I think he could Caleb Williams if he's full go, he should show yeah. him up. And I know the defensive losses suck, but I'm I'm gonna make the Sooners my lock. Ooh, all right, all right, yeah. Forgot to mention Bob Stoops and Brian McClendon. Is he the uh, interim at at Oregon? Yeah, I think? I think that's yeah. I think you're right there. Okay. Uh, well, if I'm wrong, then it is what it is. We're not perfect. Well, yep. But <laughs> let's get to some bull takeaways from. Uh, games that have already happened well there's only been two games as we record this any uh any thoughts on those well i mean we had the upset if you want to call it that middle tennessee was yeah. about a 10 point dog or so to uh toledo and it was middle tennessee it was kind of a little bit back and forth but middle tennessee was able to pull away late and and hang on so that was uh 
kind of game one a little bit of surprised and ruined a lot of high points in uh, some bull pickums. Confidence yeah, pool. Sure. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, the NIU Coastal game was was the other bowl game. Um, again, Coastal was big favorite, 10, 10 and a half point favorite, something like that. I mean, maybe even more than that, but I get climbed at the very end of almost 12. Okay. Yeah. But, um, it was, it was close and, uh, NIU was, was trying to, they were, they had a lead, but, um, Coastal stormed back and, and took the lead and NIU was trying to, to get a, a last second. They were down six and they were driving down the field. They had no timeouts, weren't using the clock great. And anyway, eventually came down to the last play. Uh, or a fourth down play with like was there 10 seconds when that play started i think maybe a little f- seven seven okay and they threw uh a first down pass but he he landed in bounds and the refs made two errors on that play that i guess you could say kind <laughs> yeah. of cancel each other out he the, the receiver appeared to have dropped the pass so it probably shouldn't have yeah. been a catch should have been game over or you know ball to coastal coastal wins but they called it a catch and they called him in bounds okay so they stopped the clock you know, while they move the chains, but then they, the referee, you know, sets the ball down and he, he hasn't quite gotten out of the way so that they can snap it. And they started the clock at two, one, zero. And so it was very <laughs> anticlimactic, but probably well, I guess and the, the, right the other part, the other part that was tough was Northern Illinois with 27 seconds had a, the receiver got injured with no timeout. Oh, so they yeah. had to, they mm-hmm. had to burn a 10 seconds. So that's like, maybe two plays that was that ended up being maybe the difference and then in between there they ran like a, a play of just like a two-yard out route that accomplished nothing just wasted time they not ideal they really only got one shot at the end zone when they probably should have had more but anyway that was a deep dive of niu Co- <laughs> yes to the very end uh that'll do it for this episode of the college football bros hope everyone has a great holiday and we're going to talk to you after christmas to preview the rest of the bowls and we're going to have a couple episodes of course previewing the playoff semifinals so we will talk to you then you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros and for their commentary on saturdays Follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.